0: It's a book truck journey. Come along with me. It's a book journey. with another episode of the Book Track Chronicles. Hello, friends! So many of you have recently discovered this podcast and are tuning in for possibly the first time. Hello, 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 hello. I love making new friends. From the very beginning, we said that this whole Book Track business was about creating a community of readers. That is the essence of the chain in Daisy Chain. It is really about connecting readers and books and stories all across everywhere we go. We are all fantastic. Our stories are unique. And the fact that you are listening to this means you either want to know more about book truck life or what it's like to run a business that is weird and unique and on wheels, or you just want to tune in and talk about bookish things. Well, today is another business bar focus. We are going to talk today about business issues that relate to book truck life, because I have been overwhelmed, y'all, overwhelmed with a number of questions that have come in. Now, I am assuming that many of you who are sending me questions have not listened to the past episode that I did where I ranted, remember? About copycats and all those things. So I'm gonna give you a little forgiveness and grace and say, okay, go back and listen. And then we can talk, because uh, many of you, in all good intentions and all compliments and um, enthusiasm, want to do something similar to what I'm doing. The comments like, you're doing my dream job, how can I do this? I want to do this in my state, in my province, in my country. This podcast is being listened to in eight countries right now. And seven of those eight countries have approached me about how to duplicate my business model where they live. Yes, that is a compliment. And also, get your own idea. (laughs) Okay, okay. Wait, was that harsh? No, this is my podcast. I can pretty much, I can just be frank about it. I don't have anybody I have to impress. So this podcast today is going to talk about some more business questions that you all have been having. And rather than charge you, as you ask me for my time, because the amount of time it takes to actually address all of these questions individually is significant. So I'm not going to charge you for my time. What I'm going to do is put this in a podcast. And if there's more questions that you have after this, well, I guess you're going to have to research that in your own hometown. Okay, so let's get started with the business part. business bar. Okay, so today in the business bar, I am drinking a cider that Hubs made with his own two hands, y'all. He did. It's a peach mango cider. I don't know that it really tastes like peach and mango, but it tastes really cidery good. So I'm drinking it. It is exactly what I need after a very long day in the market today. you guys, I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking of all the amazing things that you've said to me today, and the, the compliments, the questions, the enthusiasm, all the great bookish talks. When I come back from a market, I feel um, high. I feel a little bit elated. I feel as if I am on a cloud because you keep me up. You really, really do. For everybody who comes, who makes the comments, who buys the books, who makes my day, thank you. I am doing this for you. I am here for you. I have said from the very beginning that this book truck is for you. This bookstore will also be for you. So all of the comments and questions that you have, I come back with and I look through them all and I try and think, okay, how can I best serve your reading life? So I'm constantly assessing. I'm not just taking it in and going, "Hmm, that was so nice. No, I'm taking it in and I'm considering how I can apply it because I want to make sure that I am the best bookseller for you and not a waste of your time. Any dollar you spend in my truck or in my store, I want it to be so well spent because what went behind it was for you, the book was of good value to you, your experience in the space was awesome the relatability of the customer service piece was great you felt heard and seen and special and you want to come back that is what i'm investing in every single time and so when it works i just feel like i'm on a cloud and i'm totally up here and it's such a good feeling and and it's just it's so great it is really just such a, a fabulous job when it works Okay, so today I'm going to be answering some of your questions. I have been getting so many y'all like, ugh, thank you for all the compliments. Um, they keep coming in. How can I do this? I want to duplicate this. This would be great in my town. How can I do what you're doing? <sighs> okay, <laughs> now you know If you heard last week, you know I'm not going to be holding your hand and walking you through step-by-step the business model that is exactly like mine because you are not exactly like me. You must find a business model that suits who you are, what you are passionate about, and then do it or don't do it if you discover through all of your research that it is just not viable. But it is got to be your own. Okay. Okay. I'm going to repeat myself again from last week. All right. So here we go. Answering your questions. Many questions have come in about the vehicle that I use. The vehicle that I use is a Ford Transit. Um, You can see that through all the photos. It's not a secret. Um, We did decide on this vehicle after test driving a number of them. And I already had to decide which vehicle matched the vision and the sketches that I already had so that I knew what I wanted it to look like. I didn't try to match my idea to the vehicle. I tried to find the vehicle to match my idea. I don't know how everybody else's process works, but I know for me this was key. I knew exactly the feeling I wanted to have. I knew exactly how I wanted it to look and how many books I wanted to have in there. There was only a certain number of vehicles that would do this and do this well. This vehicle has been fantastic for me. I mean, caveat to last week when I talked about how I blew a tire, but come on, you guys. So far, the truck has not let me down. It has not let me down at all. And I am very grateful for the vehicle and how stable and reliable it is. Is it expensive? Yes. Yes, it is. A lot of people think that if you have a truck, It's less expensive than a store. Well, this is actually true. It is less expensive than a store, but it is still expensive. So we are not taking the word expensive out of the description, it is still expensive. There are so many maintenance considerations when you get a truck. When you set up the truck, it is going to be your own way. You are not going to put black and white floor in there with yellow shelves. No, 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 no. No, you will not do that. That would be tacky, right? Yep, see past episode. Okay, but you are going to do it your way. So whatever vehicle you have, you have to vet those vehicles very carefully. Talk to the dealers. Talk to people who use them. Talk to other people who use vehicles similar to you where you are because the climate and where you are will have a lot to do with the kind of vehicle that you choose, right? So here in Edmonton, our winters are freakishly cold and stupidly long. I have run the truck through two years of crazy winters. Um, One time I took the truck out and my finger actually stuck, yes, it stuck frozen to the lid of my cash box as I tried to open it. That is cold, y'all. That is dumb. That is dumb. So uh, now keep in mind, we had a special heater installed in this vehicle when we had it put together. I had a separate heater installed. I was also fully with the boots and the gloves and the long coat and it was cold. Wherever you are, humidity is an issue. You have to have ventilation. You have to have fans. You have to have all the things that require protection for your books or whatever it is you're putting in the truck, right? I mean, whatever it is. I'm just, I'm just going to use books because that is what I do. The vehicle that you use has to be reliable. It has to be of the right size because where you park this behemoth and how you get it to and from your events is a definite consideration. There are so many things to to think about. Talk to the food trucks in your community. These are your friends. If you're doing mobile retail in any fashion, find out who is doing it around you, whether it is a fashion truck or uh, there's somebody in the States who has this really great truck and he does records uh, and he sells records in his truck. So there are a lot of accessory trucks and there are things like that. So contact them and find out what their challenges are, what the restrictions are, and then also find out what the parking permits and the issues are with that because oh my word, you guys, wherever you take that thing, you are going to pay you are going to pay big time. Uh, Gas, it's going to guzzle a ton of gas. The tires, well can we go back to the past episode? A blue one. If you don't have good tires, that baby's not going anywhere. You have to think of so many things. That is entirely outside of building the inside to look like the way you want. You are going to do a renovation on a space like you would do in your home. So you are going to start from scratch and you are going to build a room, which will be your store or whatever it is that you're doing inside a space. So all of the things have to be considered. Stability, longevity, purpose, uh, cost, materials. Um, what is what is good for mobility? What is not? What materials are you going to use that are going to withstand all the different seasons and the high traffic? Because you always want to plan for high traffic. We're optimists, are we not? Yes. So what materials are going to help people come in and feel like it's a great space that is safe for them and not look like it's been trashed after a few visits? You have to think of all of these things and that is going to be expensive. I'm It just is. You know it is. You know if you've gotten this far in this podcast, this is going to cost you something. The truck is going to be expensive. The setting up of the inside is going to be expensive. Oh, oh, wait, there's the outside. Yeah, you got to brand that sucker. You have to get something on it. Now, a full vehicle wrapped is going to cost you a big chunk of money. You have to be creative, but you have to make it look good. Because if it's tacky, someone's gonna walk past it and thinking it's a utility truck, you're not gonna get customers. So this is what you have to think about. Make a list, make it long, ask all the questions, go to all the places and get quotes. Then you decide if this is something you want to pursue. It is going to be expensive. Wait, did, did, did I say it's gonna be expensive? It's going to be expensive. Less than a store but still expensive please do not mishear me about this it is not a shortcut it is not a freebie it is still a high cost item if you want to do it well if you don't want to do it well please don't do it just just don't <laughs> just don't um okay and keep in mind too that what you are looking to do with your truck will be different from other trucks that are out there you have as i said it before you have a unique vision you are your own person. The way you will run your business and how it will look is entirely based on who you are. Because like all independent businesses, what makes them great is the unique character of the person who runs it. This is why we are not chain stores. This is why we're not copycats and cookie cutters and stuff. We are all very unique. Make yours your own. Just, ugh. <laughs> Good. Okay. Another question I get asked a lot is how to get started? Well, you're listening to this podcast. So check that off your list. Uh, research, friends. Research, research, research. Read books. Listen to podcasts galore. And not just podcasts about the idea you have, but listen to podcasts from people in marketing in social media, in small business management, in accounting, in who are inspirational. Um, Listen to stories of people who've gone from nothing to something great, people who have overcome things. Listen to stories from real people who are doing real things on the ground. This is super important. As well, when you're researching, look at where you are, where you want your business to be, and find out whether or not this business is viable for where you are. It may not be. You have to be ready to accept that. If you wanna do this, it might be this grand thing, it might be awesome, but you know what? Where you are, where you can do this, is not going to support it. You have to put that aside. Or pivot it, move it somewhere else, but you have to be ready to hear what people are going to say about whether or not your business is going to be what they want. I've heard it said before that if you have a great idea, put it out there, somebody will pay you for it. They might not be where you are, okay? So not every place is going to support every great idea. Some communities, some spaces, some parts of the world are much better suited to certain things. You must find out if your idea has legs to dance on. If it doesn't, pivot change your idea or change your location. I don't know how how much you want to invest in this. I don't know. I don't know you very well. But I think that you have to really consider that an idea is not just a dream. It's not some fanciful, oh, someday it'd be so great if... No, 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 no. A dream is a financial commitment and an obligation to serve people well. In business, that's exactly what it is. So if you're going to do this, you're not going in it for a day or a week or even a year. You are in it for a long haul. That means it has to grow where you plant it. So please plant wisely. Find out if where you want to put this business is actually going to support it. If not, maybe change your idea maybe change your location, maybe abandon it altogether. It's all fine. This is the process, you guys. This is not my first business idea. It really isn't. I have had so many entrepreneur space moments in my life and my husband was very surprised that in the beginning that I was really pretty cognizant of this whole business thing. And he he was kind of shocked. And I said, but babe, if you look back, you'll see all the different areas that I actually started my own thing and I made a go of it. And he said, oh yeah, I guess so, right? Like if you want to do this, you probably have a number of things in your past that you have attempted or wanted to and you just gave it a go, but maybe it didn't have longevity. If you want this one to be what you commit to and put your name to and have it last please invest in the research of it. Study like everything depends on it because everything does. Everything does. I'm listening to podcasts every single morning. I'm reading books on a regular basis. I'm going to people who know more than I do because no matter what happens in business or what great day you have or how many people compliment your idea, do not get arrogant or cocky about your business idea, because it can slide tomorrow. It will, if you just get cocky about it. I'm always learning because there's always somebody in the room smarter than me, and I want to learn from them. Now, maybe you're the one smarter than somebody else, and they want to learn from you. Wonderful. But always be looking for somebody else that you can learn from. Find business leaders. Find teachers who are inspiring you to be better and get outside your comfort zone. Research the heck out of this until you are so almost sick of it and you haven't even done it yet. That's how you know you've researched enough. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I talked before about your ideal customer. This is so key. And I believe I referred you before back to the podcast I did called Keeping Shop, a brick and mortar podcast, where I talk about the ideal customer experience. And that is specifically related to the person you are hoping to serve. Oh, yes, I did talk about this because I gave you my Seth Godin quote over my desk. Oh, yes. Okay. Sorry, (laughs) market foggy brain. Um, But I'm going to go back to say when things are hard and it will be hard it's not always going to be roses and unicorns and monkeys flying out of your butt it's going to be hard so you have to know who you're serving and why you're serving them because that's going to get you through it might get hard sooner than you think you might go a long time and it's just going to feel so good it's roses it's cupcakes and you think you're coasting please do not get arrogant always be ready to learn something for when that changes because hello COVID, right? The market is going to change without your permission. They're not gonna ask you, are you ready? Are you ready? Can, can we can we flip now? No, no, you have to be ready. So knowing who you're serving and why you're serving them can really get you through a lot of those times. You guys, this is um, this is a bizarre time to run a business. This is a crazy time to start a business. You know what, this is a weird time. me to start a store. I know it. I know it's weird, but all of the things happen in time, and I really believe strongly that we're supposed to do this now, so I'm not terrified of it. I'm feeling very ready, but a lot of people right now are just not there yet because they have not done the research. They have not figured out what is behind the decision making, and they don't know exactly who their people are yet, so stepping forward is an incredibly risky endeavor with all the things that can affect your business. Please talk to other people. Find out what works for them, what doesn't work for them. Talk to people, collaborate with them in businesses that have nothing to do with what you want to do. Get a network for yourself of people who are trying to make a go of it or who have been making a go of it, whatever it is. Support each other, help each other, build a network of courage because it is going to be hard. Last week I said you are gonna work twice as hard for twice as long in your business as you would if you worked for somebody else. That That is so true. You are also going to invest more than you ever thought possible. You are going to lose more than you ever thought possible. And it is not just about you. It is also the people in your family the friends that you have, your community, your neighborhood, your cohorts, your all of it. These people are going on this journey with you. Now, they do not share your passion or your intensity for your business idea. So please, please give them some grace and some mercy as you stumble through all this and you take them with you. It's going to be really hard for the people in your family who just have lost you to this business idea. Everything now is about this business and they're going to resent it, that is normal. Create a balance where it is not just about this all the time. As I say that, I realize that I have failed at this more than I've succeeded. Learn from my mistakes. Find a healthy balance, find other things to talk about. Don't make them feel so resentful of what you do that they don't care that they're not invested in it. Because there are so many entrepreneur um, widows, widowers, you guys. Um, Please take your people with you, but don't take them down with you. Your collaborative cohorts... (laughs) Wait, I've had too much cider. Your collaborative cohorts are the people that you will want to debrief with, ask questions about, download some of your grief with, bounce things off of if you have to, spare some of the people in your home these conversations because they just want you, they do not want your business all the time, okay? They did not sign on for this, you did. So please find a healthy balance. Um, Okay, so I'm gonna go back to a question that I get asked, well, daily. How did you get started with this idea? Now, I've also mentioned this before, and if you go back to the Kathy Heller podcast that I refer most people to on a regular basis, that is most of my backstory. So you can listen to it there, which I probably said it better there than I will say it right now. But how did I get started? Books have always been a thing for me. They just have. I had so many books that, I had Nancy Drew books up the yin yang, and when a leg on my bed broke, yep, I used a stack of Nancy Drew books to prop up my bed because you know what, you can always count on books. And I have had a number of entrepreneurial ideas in my life, so this is not something new. I was a social worker for a number of years and our family decided that we were going to step into the realm of being foster parents because I was doing adoptions and fostering work and we saw so much need. So we sacrificed so much of our our life and our privacy and our resources, and we opened our family up to become foster parents to kids who needed love and support during a time of trauma and transition. Um, one of the cases that we got, I think this was actually our very first one, um, was a baby three days old. And it was a very... Uh, well, I'm I'm going to protect this this child. So it was a very difficult and beautiful situation. We really thought we were on the track to adopt this child. We had this child for the first three years um, of its life, and as far as this child was concerned, I was mom, Mark was dad, my girls were sisters. Our extended family in our neighborhood was their place. Um, it was it was it was great. And then at the last minute. Um, the government people who were making decisions for this said, no, we've decided that this child will go to extended family. Uh, It was definitely going to be us or them the whole time. And I didn't really have much time to prepare for this. I got a call and said, "Um, this child is not going to be coming back to you, which means we didn't get to say goodbye. And, um... We grieved. We grieved for a long time. <laughs> it's been years, and I'm, I'm clearly still dealing with that. But, um, so I needed to go somewhere where I could just, I could just be in a job without having to be a social worker, because I was so tired of the social work runaround that I was getting in this whole process that I could no longer be their peers. And i left the profession and i went to work in a local bookstore being around books and people who love books is an incredibly comforting place to be and it gave me time apart from what i was doing before to sort of try something new and it reminded me of the ideas that i had when i was younger and throughout my early adult life about you know, like just drive a truck around and take books to people and you'll have your own little store that you can park wherever you want. and It'll be just so sweet. And I would draw it in my journals and sketchbooks and I would doodle it. And it was just kind of one of those ideas, you know, that's in the back of your mind. And you think, ah, oh, someday, one day, wouldn't it be great if, but you don't think those things are ever gonna actually happen. Those are dreams. Those are, those are for fairy tales. That doesn't happen in real life. Well, as I'm in this bookstore, I kept thinking, huh, this reminds me of an idea that I had. And if I was to do it, this is how I would do it. And I would think, oh, I would do this differently. Oh, they want me to do it like this. But you know what? If it was my store, I would do it like this. And I just had these thoughts on a regular basis until it became such a thought focus in my head. It was a regular thing. And I talked to my grandpa, who is now 102, about this idea. And he said, you should do that. And I said, I said, but grandpa, it's a bookstore on wheels. That doesn't exist. And he said, well, why doesn't it exist? It doesn't exist because you haven't done it yet. Oh, wow. It was like I got slapped in the head in all all the best ways because, you know, I love him. And all of a sudden it hit me. I need to do this. And it worked out so conveniently that as his needs were changing, I needed to take time off work to be more available for what he needed. So I left my job at the bookstore and was more available for him. And this idea just kept blossoming. When something happens like that, you guys, it is an itch you must scratch somehow. I believe the idea was something that was inspired within me because of who I am and what's important to me. Yours might look very different, but please give pen and paper to it. Write it down. So I started writing down all sorts of things. Now, Mark, my husband, is an incredibly savvy businessman. He has his doctorate in business, and he is, well, he is the I Ching, if you will in all things business, he's a great soundboard. And I did not tell him about this idea yet because I thought, oh, he's gonna he's gonna squash it. I don't want my idea to get squashed. So I started just collecting books. <laughs> he would say, um, honey, why are we having so many bags and boxes of books in our garage? And I say, oh, I'll tell you later. I wanted to find out first of all, if getting inventory for a bookshop on wheels was possible. So, i just went around and found people who were you know not wanting books anymore or selling books for super cheap and i would just figure out how i was going to make this work so then people would tell other people and i started getting people who would come to me with the idea that oh i love what you're doing so i would love to support it oh now can i just be honest and say these people knew about my idea before my husband did i know i know not my best day but one day There were so many books in the garage, and I kind of gave God an ultimatum, a little bit. I said, okay, God, if this is something you want me to do, then I will get enough books, and I'm going to give it 30 days. And if I can get enough books in 30 days, then I think maybe there's something to it. You guys, in like 12 or 15 days, I got thousands of books. Obviously, there was something to it. So at that point, I told Mark, and he... <laughs> he said, "What do you want to tell me?" And I said, "I started to cry because you know, I, I do this. And I just just blurted out, "Book truck <laughs> like, like a chicken. That's kind of how it sounded. And he said, "Say what? What? Say it again?" So then I explained to him this whole vision and he listened very carefully and he said, "Brant, I think that's got legs." oh sweet okay so now we had something so then as soon as he heard it and he recognized it was credible he ran with it with like full force because this is what he does he is a go-getter so he all of a sudden became this wicked ass partner and we went forward and the rest is history um so that is how i got started um it is it is out of pain and it is out of um it is out of loss I was able to pursue this if things had gone differently I would be parenting um an elementary school child right now and I would not be having a book truck, and you would not be listening to my voice right now um and I would not be trending on Instagram oh yeah I'm trending today Ah! (laughs) yeah that's pretty crazy (laughs) sorry don't get arrogant don't get arrogant um so if things had gone differently I would not be doing this job but because I said Instead of just wallowing in this, I'm going to run with something fresh and new. I did. Whatever it is that draws you to your idea and gives you permission and opportunity to run with it, don't turn your back on it. You never know what it could be. It could be something really, really hard. It could be the loss of something. It could be a transition. It could be something that you thought was going to work out but did not, and now you have this in front of you. Well, what if this is actually what you were supposed to do. Um, so the the child that we were going to parent forever is doing well and um, is fine. I get pictures every now and then and my heart still grieves. There's a loss that is, I mean, any parent who has gone through this, um, you know. There's a piece of my heart that's always gone. And sometimes I wonder, when I have the book truck out at events or markets, if this child is gonna show their face at the end of my door one day and I'm going to see them. I literally wait for that every single week. Um, hmm. So that is how I got started. Your story will be very different, but very rarely does somebody just say, huh, I just thought this is a good idea and I just did it. There is usually a story, a personal, history that makes your business relatable. What is your story? What is it that you want to put into the marketplace that nobody else can do like you can, based out of a story that nobody else has ever experienced? Your story is your own. Your business is just one way that you tell it. If you're listening still, you have an idea, a dream. It is not my idea. It is not my dream. My dream will not sustain you when it gets hard, so hard that you will wail at the stars and panic about what you have done. Your dream will be very, very different. I am so grateful for all the encouragement of people who love Daisy, my book truck, and love what I'm doing. And they see the pictures and they think, Oh, this would be my dream job. <laughs> Your dream job can also be a nightmare because it is so hard and so expensive, and the risk is so great. Is it worth it? Whatever it is you want to do, whatever vehicle you want to do it in, if that's how you want to pursue it, whatever it is. What are you willing to do to make it a success? Because nobody goes into this thinking, "Mm, I'm just gonna get by, I'm just gonna, you know, I'll just make sure that I pay my bills. No, 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 no. Those are people who do hobbies, right? We talked about this last time. If you want to do this, do it so the marketplace cannot do without you. If all of a sudden my business stopped, I know, that there are people who would miss it, that there are people, many, many people, who make Daisy part of their weekly routine, who make this their go-to for their book buying choices, whether it's online or in person. If all of a sudden I disappeared from the marketplace, I would be missed. That is success. And again, I'm not saying this arrogantly. This, is, this could go anytime. But right now, that is how I know I'm on the right track. Whatever it is you want to do, do it so that if you were gone, people would miss you. That means you are going to have to work your ass off all the time. All the time. You work until someday you can say, okay, now I can take a couple days off. Now I can delegate this to somebody else because it's a well-oiled machine. But who oils the machine? You do. Who starts the machine? You do. You cannot pass this off yet. You are going to bust your hump, friends. Hump! Please do it well. Small business is important because that is the cornerstone of communities. Now, I got, I'm, okay, I'm going to say something right now that might not be popular. One of the comments I hear the most as people are walking by the truck is, that is so cute. Oh my God, that's so adorable. And I love that because you know what? She is. It's like showing off your new baby. She is adorable. I get it. If you say that and you keep walking, that is not hashtag support local. If you take a picture of my book truck and you share it and people think it's cute, that's nice, and I love that. Thank you. You didn't buy a book. You made it look maybe like you bought a book because you took a photo of you being in the bookstore holding a book. This happens all the time. It's it's kind of funny. So people love to pose in the truck, but then they put that book back on the shelf and they leave. That is not actually supporting local because... The dollars for the books are what pay for me to be there, right? That is like cheering for a hockey team or any kind of team. Sorry, we're in Canada, so yeah, hockey. Um, it's like cheering for a hockey team from your couch, but you didn't go and buy a ticket for the team. The ticket is what helps pay for a lot of the team stuff. It You do it from your couch, but there's actually nothing happening. So did you support the team? Eh, kind of. In business, it is a very, very clear relationship. It is transactional. There has to be something traded so that that business can survive. Hashtag support local. If you don't actually transact with that business, you're not actually supporting them. Please, please support your local small businesses. Whatever they are, wherever they are, restaurants, creatives, whatever it is, Give them your dollars. They are hustling, they are slaving, they are sweating, and they are waiting for you. The big chain stores, they don't care who you are. They just, they really don't. They don't know who you are, you are a dollar to them. They are finding ways to manipulate you to get more sales for things that you don't want with money you don't have. A small business wants to serve you well, Personally, face-to-face, you can look at the face and see the hands that have made the thing you're buying. That is amazing. Support Local is a business idea. <laughs> it is not just a cool marketing ploy and a hashtag. It is actually to say, I gave my money to Support Local to keep this business running. It is a life-and-death business. If you don't actually give them your money, they could die. It is entirely up to you who you serve and who you support. Please, please support your local small businesses. They need you now more than ever, and they are waiting for you with an eagerness and anticipation that frankly is endearing. So go find them, go give them your love, tell people what you bought and why it was awesome and encourage them to buy as well. That is how we support local. That is how this hashtag support local actually works. I have ranted again. I have had a cider and I have ranted. Thank <laughs> goodness. And you have listened this long. So thank you and I'm sorry. Um, okay, so next week we are going to talk books. We are, okay, I think we've done business for a couple weeks now and we need to talk books. Yeah, okay, I have been reading a lot of books. I want to hear about what you are reading. Please send me an email, send me a DM, send me something, tell me what you're reading, tell me what you love, tell me what you hated. I want to hear it and I want to talk about it. So are we ready? You can email me at brandy, B-R-A-N-D, I at daisychainbook.co, I cannot wait to hear from you. If you have listened to this podcast this long, then you obviously liked it or just forgot to turn it off, or maybe it's playing on your headphones and your headphones are sitting by themselves somewhere and you're not even listening anymore. But (laughs) please leave a review about the podcast. Tell other people about the podcast because that is how they can find it easier. Frankly, let's be honest, nobody's looking for book truck in the podcast menu. So this is the only book truck podcast out there. Tell your friends, let them listen to it. And you know what? Maybe you want to be on this podcast. Who would not want to hear you? Yeah, let's get your voice on here. So message me and then I can send you an invitation to be interviewed. That would be so fun. Okay, so friends, we are done. <sighs> this, has <been laughs> this has been a rant. I need to get this ready for posting and put my feet up and um, maybe have another cider. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how this goes. Um, but I have loved talking to you. I hope this was helpful. I hope that this made a difference in some of your decision making. If you have any more questions that were not addressed in the last episode or this one, please email me. I would love to talk about it. So you guys remember, book truck life is not just about books. It is a business so in everything you do be generous be what did i what what is my tagline oh my gosh i don't even know you know what go out there be awesome be generous be unforgettable until next time friends see ya